Good morning and welcome to WSAU Feedback. I'm Meg Ellison. Thanks for joining me this morning. Oh my gosh, TGIF, right? I say that every week and I mean it every week, frankly. Uh, You know, although we are not in the midst of a blizzard, at least right here in Wausau, I'm looking out the window. It's a sunny day. Don't let it deceive you. It's really cold out or it's below zero. So that's kind of a bummer, but... uh, At least it's not snowing, right? And hopefully by now your driveways and sidewalks are clear. Well, I'm delighted to have joining me this morning on the program from Wisconsin Right Now investigative journalist, our friend of the program, Jessica McBride. How are you, Jessica? I'm doing well. Good morning. Good morning to you. Happy Friday, all that jazz. Did you guys get any snow down where you are? We had a lot of snow, but it turned into sleet, which was a lot more damaging. So... A lot of schools were, were closed and things like that. Um, it was kind of an ice skating rink out there, but it's better now. Yeah, it's well, a pretty day right now looking out my window. I guess it begs the question, why do we live here? <laughs> over and over. I'm not sure why. We, <laughs> right? um, I like the change of seasons, though, personally. Yeah, well, me too. I, d- I do as well, and I don't, re- I don't call that climate change. I call that the change of seasons. Uh, you know, we have, but, yeah. we have four of them. <laughs> Well, this hey, is about the point, though, where I'm done with winter. Right, you know, you know right, I, I, right about now. Yeah, everybody's been saying that, and we're getting, yep, we're getting close to the end of February, and that's that's how things roll enough already. But uh, I'm sure we've got some more surprises in store for us. And in, in fact, let's hope we don't have any surprises come April 4th. However, let's since uh, I segued yeah. into this topic, <laughs> let's talk about the state supreme court race and and all that uh, we need to to do in order to beat Janet Protasiewicz? I mean, it's simple. We need to turn out, turn out, turn out, turn out. Now, someone was telling me there's a new app the Democrats are using where it sends, you know, a message, a text message or something to all of their friends saying, hey, vote for, you know, the liberals. I'm voting for Janet. Who are you voting for? The left is really, really good at turning out their voters. They're organized, they're relentless, they're fairly ruthless, and they're going to have a lot of money. And so, you know, I really think if Dan Kelly's going to win this, he's got to turn out the base. So I thought that Jennifer Dora would have had a chance to sort of run, you know, above the political process to, you know, maybe reach to the middle crossover voters and and things like that. That's sort of out the window, right? That's not the candidate that Dan Kelly is. Um, He is out there on all the issues. He's a rock-solid conservative. I have great respect for him. But this is now going to be a base election. This is going to be about turnout. And clearly the left and Janet Prosewitz have put that on steroids already, right? She's been running what I, I would call the most partisan, um, sort of relentlessly partisan and just, you know, unethically partisan Supreme Court campaign in history that I can remember in Wisconsin. And, and, and it's been about abortion. And she's been out there with ads just saying explicitly that, you know, she's um, for abortion, that she thinks, you know, the legislative maps were rigged and Act 10's unconstitutional and all of this stuff where she's prejudging issues. Uh, violating arguably, you know, allegedly judicial codes in doing so. So the point is, she's doing all of that to gin up their base, right? To drive out the turnout, to get the big money coming in from California and, and all of that. And April elections are pretty low turnout. So I'll say it again, like Dan Kelly's going to need to turn out his base. Like conservatives 
need to get off their sofas and go vote in April. Like that's, that's just the bottom line. That's what it comes down to. And it was ominous. I'm not going to sugarcoat it in the primary results that, you know, Democrats turned out more. There were more votes on the liberal side and we need to, we need to fix that for April. Well, and you know, I, as you've been talking, I'm I'm trying to look up how many votes Senator Ron Johnson got it, it, to get reelected. Why can't we turn out that many in this race? I mean, it, it, it's obviously it's possible to win. It's obviously possible to beat a Democrat here in Wisconsin. Uh, I mean, obviously, let, let's let's take a look at Mandela Barnes. He was a weak candidate, but Senator Ron Johnson uh, prevailed, and he got. Well, and I'm, I wish I could I, I could pull up the exact number, but uh, well, he got fifty point five percent of the vote, which I mean, hey, we, he he finished. So I mean, he got over the finish line. He beat right. Mandela Barnes by a percentage point. So uh, we have to do the same. I mean, I, I'll, I'll settle for a per- percentage point over Janet Protasiewicz. So, I'll settle for one vote over Janet Protasiewicz. <laughs> it's like we right. absolutely cannot lose this race. Like I. I think your your listeners know this already because talk radio listeners tend to be very engaged and informed and they listen to you so they know all this but I mean this is so critically important if Janet wins the left will control the court outright and she has made it extremely clear what will happen then and I mentioned you know the key things I think their number one target is going to be legislative maps and the 1849 abortion law will be number 2 or number 1 arguably And then they're going to move on to undoing the reforms of Scott Walker, Act 10. Then they're going to move on to things like school choice issues and, you know, Second Amendment issues, concealed carry, election integrity issues like drop boxes and and voter ID. I mean, literally, I, I can't say this strongly enough. Everything is on the line. This will be an aggressively a liberal court. And they will work to undo the conservative reforms that Wisconsin is so known for. Now, you were talking about Ron Johnson winning, and you're right. That was a bright spot in November, and it did prove that with the right formula, you know, a Republican, including a very unabashedly, you know, conservative one, can win statewide. But how did he win, though? I mean, he was an incumbent. That's one thing. He was extremely well-financed. That's another thing. And he had a uniquely awful opponent who was on video looking crazy and things like that. And so, I I mean, Dan Kelly, let me just say, I mean, he is a phenomenal intellect. He is a rock solid conservative. I think he's a good campaigner in the sense that he's, he's very aggressive. He's going to take the fight to Janet, right? I mean, he's already been on the court and he was a very, very good justice. For example, he, you know, protected the state from the lockdowns and, and, and all of that. Um, but the money is going to have to come in and, um, and, and the voters are going to have to turn out. We got to turn out the base. Now, another election we could look to is the Brian Hagedorn victory. And I know people go, oh, my God, Brian Hagedorn, you know, he turned squishy left on some key decisions. That's true. But I'm not talking about him as a justice. I'm talking about how he got elected because everyone thought he was a conservative then, right? And he got elected in part because of anti-Christian bias. And this became the narrative in the race. And it really upset a lot of people in evangelical churches and, you know, Christian churches um, in the pro-life movement because there was a lot of sort of anti-Christian, you know, animus directed toward Brian Hagedorn. 
Um, and he managed to win, right? That wasn't that long ago. Um, you know, Dan Kelly is facing some of the same animus from Janet Protasiewicz. She's on video basically rolling her eyes and saying how weird it is that he went to a Christian law school. Well, right. I mean, you, I, I can't argue with any of your points. I mean, you're spot on. I'm looking at a, a, a press release from the Wisconsin Right to Life, and they talk about how uh, P- Planned Parenthood is, is, has announced they're hiring door-to-door canvassers and other statewide staff ahead of the April election, and they're pledged to spend over a million dollars. The uh, th- those th- those who are concerned at all about the 1849 abortion law being overturned here in Wisconsin ought to be getting involved. For, for that reason and for however many other reasons that you've identified, I think one one word that I could use to describe the left, uh, and dare I, dare I ever uh, compliment them on anything, but they're motivated. Are we on the other side motivated? Is, is there enough pain that will be promised to us if Janet Protasiewicz wins in April? Well, you know, the left wants to make this abortion about abortion. They've wanted to make it about abortion the whole time. And, of course, that's the difference with the Hagedorn race. Like, he didn't have the aftermath of Roe v. Wade being overturned, which obviously clearly energized the left. Um, you know, so but they want to make it about abortion. But at this point, I'm willing to just say, OK, let's make it about abortion, because, you know, it's very well known where Dan Kelly stands. He's pro-life. He's endorsed by all the pro-life groups. And like, you know, that is. He is who he is. And so, you know, okay, fine, make it about abortion. Let's talk about how Janet, does she want abortion to birth? Like, where does she draw the line? Is she okay with it all the way to birth? Like, you know, no one's asked her that. No one in the the liberal media have said, okay, Janet, you're running around with all these ads about how you're pro-abortion. Where do you draw the line? And so, you know, an effective conservative media operation needs to find a way to compel her to answer questions like that so that people understand how radical she is on that issue. And honestly, frankly, on a host of issues, like she is an extreme left wing candidate. There's nothing moderate about Janet Protasiewicz. Now, I wanted to make another point, too. I think this is interesting. Um, when you were saying, you know, the left is, is so engaged in this race. So I learned that um, from Jennifer Doro's people that and I stopped in her her election night party because it was five minutes from my house. So I thought, oh, I'm going to go see what what's going on there, what it's like, and let's see how her speech is and everything. I talked to a bunch of people when I was there, and one, her top strategist told me, well, you you know she she was outspent six million to one. I'm like, wow, I didn't realize it was that big of a differential. Um, you know, some of that was positive money boosting Dan Kelly. It wasn't trashing her, but there was, you know, millions put behind boosting him. Um, fine that he can sort of benefit from that now. So that's not bad now, right? Like that's good because it, it at least got him some name ID. But three million of that was liberal money and they were shredding and trashing Jennifer unbelievably. And I took a step back and I said, that is so shockingly interesting and like three million dollars the left spent in a republican primary to take out a republic well it wasn't really republican primary nonpartisan race but nonetheless three million dollars the left spent to take out a conservative in a primary i actually don't think i can ever recall that happening before in wisconsin um and and so i mean they just shredded her i heard it on ads down in the milwaukee area where they were distorting her record on criminal cases 
and Schrodinger and the liberal media. And then I, I heard that they really dumped a lot of money into the Fox Valley. I, I think why that's instructive to just talk about is how engaged the left is in all of this. Um, so we're just going to have to be equally engaged. And Jim Pivovarczyk and I, Wisconsin right now, we're discussing as well. Like we need to double down on our efforts to investigate Janet, like who she is, um, what she's said and done in the past, like just everything about her. We we need to even double down on that. No, no jail, Janet. I know that that's uh, picked up some steam. So yeah, the, no the day Janet. after the let me see, actually the same night of the election, I got two emails, one from Women's March uh, celebrating Janet Protasiewicz's uh, victory. This is also this is an organization out of Washington, D.C., uh, then there is the Working Families Party statement on uh, the Wisconsin State Supreme Court primary results. And they, they uh, I mean, they are ready. They are poised. They want to take it. Two nights, last night, my husband and I were watching uh, television r- around uh, six, 6 in the evening. And Janet Protasiewicz hit uh, commercial, hit piece on Dan Kelly, came on the television. So they had already purchased uh, advertising in anticipation of the Janet's victory has ha, has have the Republicans acted in the same form? Are they are they poised to match Janet's campaigning? And I mean, obviously, I don't think we're going to do it dollar for dollar, but we we have to be. I I believe we're intelligent enough. Republicans, conservatives are intelligent enough to do this. It's just a matter of how motivated we can get people to be. You know, I want to go back to the fact Hagedorn won recently, that Ron Johnson won, you know, Derek Van Orden won, you know, very conservative Navy SEAL out in the lacrosse area for Congress. And I actually think it's fairly remarkable that, you know, Republicans have won fairly recently in Wisconsin because not only are we getting outspent recent years, um, but the liberal media goes into overdrive to protect its candidates. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you talk about, say, Jennifer Doro, like she faced a three-front war. You know, she was, you know, obviously there were Kelly supporters who didn't like her, but um, then she had this $3 million in liberal money dumped on her head. And number three, uh, she was dealing with the liberal media that were ruthless. I mean, they went after her son in a way I thought was reckless and very, very unfair. And now they're going to move on to Dan Kelly like they already have. And so he's going to be facing this deluge of liberal money, but also like the entire liberal media in overdrive organized against him. And, you know, their bias is so over the top egregious. And, you know, example of that is two seconds after, you know, he declared victory. Um, NBC News was calling him a Trump ally and implying that he was for a fake elector scheme. Mm-hmm. Now, I was going to say, like, first of all, there's no evidence whatsoever that Dan Kelly was ever for the quote unquote fake elector scheme. They're just making that implication up. Um, he did some work for the state Republican Party, like legal consulting. It was actually for a chairman that was against the fake elector scheme. So they're twisting that. It's unbelievable. A Trump ally, um, you know, some of your listeners probably love Trump. Some don't. I don't know. Um, Not relevant to this discussion. But the liberal media, they're going to wrap him in the mantle of Trump. Like, I think they think that's a way, you know, to to defeat him. Um, Trump endorsed him in 2020. I, I don't 
find much evidence either way that he was ever running around, you know, with Trump or a big Trump supporter. I mean, Dan Kelly was busy on the state Supreme Court, you know, helping, you know, author incredibly wonderful decisions to protect our constitutional rights. That's what he was doing. But this is the game plan the left has on him. And so, you know, I guess I'll just say it again, like people need to contact all their friends, their family, they need to, you know, get a a van load of them to the, you know, to the polls. I don't know. It just, the base needs to turn out. It's not going to be an incredibly high turnout election. It's not going to be like a presidential election turnout or whatever. That means it's about get out the vote. I've said it like 10 times, but like that really is, I think, where the rubber is going to meet the road. Well, and I will say this, too, is they need to be strategic about it, the, the Kelly campaign and the Republican Party, and look at where where we got the most, where Ron Johnson, I mean, this is the most recent victory, where Ron Johnson got the most votes throughout the state, and then and, and then be focusing on how we can turn out those people. I, I think it goes back to a, a word that you used to describe the left, and we have to adopt this tactic. We must be ruthless, just like they are. We must behave as if our 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 way of life depends on a victory in April, because it does. Yes, and you know, speaking of turnout, this is something a lot of strategists are saying behind the scenes. Um, what some people don't know is that in November, Tim Michaels basically conceded Dane County. He was dark in Dane County, meaning he was not on the air with commercials pretty much the entire election. I I think there were a couple right at the tail end. And all the strategists are really horrified by that. They say, what was he doing? Like, you can't concede Dane County and expect to win statewide, especially with sort of the erosion in the wow counties around Milwaukee, you know, Waukesha, Zaki, Washington, where we've seen an erosion in conservative support in the last, say, you know, seven years or so. Um, and, and Dane County, of course, is going to go to the left, but like there are conservative votes you can get in that county and you need to get every single one that you can. What's sort of interesting is that Ron Johnson won, even though, um, you know, that happened, but he didn't concede Dane County, but, uh, the Milwaukee County turnout actually was down in November. Milwaukee County did not deliver for its candidates. Can you imagine if the Milwaukee turnout had not been down? we probably would have Senator Mandela Barnes. So a lot of people are taking a look at what happened in November and to make sure that those problems are not replicated. And I know that Brian Schimming, our friend, you know, the new uh, chairman of, of the state Republican Party, Jim and I had lunch with him the other day, and he gets it. You know, he understands what needs to be done. And He's working extraordinarily hard right now on, on two issues, I think. One is fundraising. And, and the second would be building their data operation to help with turnout. Well, and I think bottom line is we can't. Uh, D- Daniel Kelly's campaign cannot take anything for granted. I mean, I think that's unfortunately what happened in the, in the last uh, in his last election in which he he did not prevail. And I, I think we can't just make the assumption that, oh, the, the Republicans will do the right thing, or conservatives will know to go to vote on April 4th. We can't make any assumptions whatsoever. We have to, and, and when I say we, I'm not just talking about Jessica and Meg. I'm talking about all conservatives that are w- within ear range of what we are talking about today. All 
conservatives need to be rolling up their sleeves and getting involved to ensure a Dan Kelly victory on April 4th. Well, and let's talk for briefly about why he lost the last time, because, you know, it's a thing people talk about in 2020. Um, he was on the ballot. It was a very aberrant situation. There was a Democratic presidential primary. And if people like remember, Bernie Sanders stayed in it. And so there was a primary between like Bernie and Biden. And so you had all these Bernie bots turning out to be honest from the university. What a choice, like, huh? Oh my right, gosh. right. But Trump, obviously, was an incumbent president. He didn't have a primary opponent. So so there was no reason for Republicans to turn out. What did they care about Bernie versus Biden? And so a lot, you know, everyone believes that that sunk Dan Kelly. Um, it, the other thing I, I just wanted to point out is, you know, Robin Voss, he gets vilified a lot. But I learned that um, Robin Voss, the Speaker of the State Assembly, attempted to get the primary uh, moved, or the, I'm sorry, the general election, the Supreme Court moved out of the presidential primary that year. He wanted to split the dates and get it off that, that ballot for that very reason. He saw that coming. And I'm investigating, like, who specifically stood in the way, but the state Senate is what I'm hearing. You know, people in the state Senate wouldn't, for whatever bizarre reason, would go along with it. And I remember when when we lost um, that race in 2020 and the Kelly seat at that time, and, and Jim, my cohort at Wisconsin Right Now, said this is really, really ominous. Like he was looking one step ahead. He's like, now we're one seat away. They're gonna, they could control the court. And so I want to do a story investigating like who botched that, because I think Voss had a lot of foresight there. I mean, that's mm -hmm. that's what happened the last time. So this time that dynamic is clearly not at play, right? So it's going to be a very different um, scenario and turnout. And that's positive, right? That's positive. Um, I, I mean, Dan Kelly, he is, I'll say it again, he's an aggressive candidate. Like, he's a fighter. I really liked Jennifer Doro. She was a conservative. These smears that were going around that she was some liberal were just really ridiculous, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But she was a little bit passive for my taste. Dan Kelly is not passive. Like he's been taking it right to Janet and he needs to use the power of his, his prominence news value to get the media to engage on issues that, you know, aren't favorable to Janet. If you, if you know what I mean, like when we write these great stories about her horrible cases, like Dan Kelly has been raising them and using his, bully pulpit as a candidate to get the liberal media to at least ask her about some of these cases, which in a couple cases they've done with disastrous results for her. There was a, a case we wrote about where she, she gave time served in probation to a man who abducted and raped a 15-year-old girl off the streets of Milwaukee. She basically let him walk out the front door you know, of the courthouse on sentencing day. He's already reoffended, felon firearm offense. And she got asked about that by a liberal reporter and started laughing yeah. mm -hmm. on video and defended it and, you know, essentially said, yeah, I still defend that sentence, which is an indefensible statement. Um, and, and, and she got asked about it because Dan Kelly, you know, went after her for the case once we reported on it. And so he needs to keep doing that. The liberal media will not find these stories on, on their own, right? They're obsessed with abortion. They're obsessed with tying Dan Kelly to Trump. 
Um, well, and tearing down is Christianity too. I mean, that's and tearing down is Christianity. Um, they need to be provoked into asking Janet the tough questions. I do think Kelly is the right candidate to do that because he he was doing that throughout the primary with with some effectiveness. Well, and let's remember too that uh, in the primary in 2020, he he finished first uh, between it was he and and two liberal candidates during the primary. So I mean, it, it is possible uh, that. Uh, Janet can lose. And I mean, that's the objective, I should say it in a different way. It is possible for Dan Kelly to win, but we can't leave it to chance and we can't just make the assumption that the base is going to turn out. We're going to need to all of us roll up our sleeves and do everything we can and again, behave as if uh, our lives depended on it and the unborn lives depended on it because they do. Hey, we're way over time. Jessica, thanks for joining me this morning. I appreciate it. And uh, keep in touch. Come back next week and we'll chat some more. Thanks, Meg. Have Have a great weekend. Going to go to a break and rolling right into the 830 News, followed by the second half of feedback in your calls on WSAU.